Yes, people. Yo, you haven't tuned into the wrong podcast. This isn't Believe You and Me with Biz Bing and Lewis J. Gomez. This is Echoes from the Void, episode 38. And, um, god damn it, there's so much crazy shit going on right now. Now, I don't watch Empire, but... I'm like, everyone seems to be in an empire state of mind right now Because what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? Just the other week, it seems Juicy Smollett was all over the place crying Like, getting sympathy There was a... I was watching a program and they showed a clip of him coming on stage, you know, the first appearance after he got viciously beat up and there was all of this narrative. Now it transpires that my man most likely paid two dudes to beat him up. And the the crazy part of it as well, he paid two black dudes to beat him up. So he's saying it was a racial crime by white guys And he pays two black dudes to beat him up Which is a bit like You know what I mean? If you're faking some shit Be be authentic You know what I mean? Because it's just like People will People will see You know what I mean? The chances of being bumped into And all of that yeah, it's just it's just some crazy ass shit. I'm just baffled, but you know what I mean. It, it doesn't surprise me because it's it's not the first time you know what I mean. I've come across shit like this. You know what I mean, people cry wolf all the time. You know, like I've I've seen. You know, people claim racial stuff. You know, if say like when when you're at school, like you know, kids don't do their homework. They're like, oh, the the, the teacher picked on me because you know they're racist. No, you just didn't do your fucking homework. You know what I mean? I've seen, um, like girls use excuses to get shit. You know what I mean? Like, ah, it's crazy. People will say anything. Will do anything to try and benefit themselves But I think I think this could be the camel that breaks the straw No, it's the other, obviously, yes It's the other way round Yes, I realise Whatever Um, But yes Because, you know, you had like the girl That claimed that, um Oh gosh, Aziz raped her And then it kind of, after she told the story Everyone was just like, yo, you just had a bad day What the fuck? You know, so I think, we, are, we you know what I mean we've, be, we've been nudging slowly to a point Where people are getting so tired Of these weird claims You know what I mean? Like Rose McGowan going off all the time And then not really going at her friend Who was like jumping dudes You know, it's, a, it, it, it's just I think people are getting a bit tired of hypocrisy Bullshit And people like 
begging for sympathy. So I'm hoping that whatever transpires with this, people will go, okay, enough is enough. And maybe, maybe people will wait for evidence before jumping on any word anyone says. Because this is the ludicrous thing. Like, someone can say something now, and there's no, okay, so what really happened? It was just like, oh my god, that person did that to you, that person did, ah, this is so bad. And it's just like, yo, there needs to be fucking evidence, you know? And obviously, yeah, with this, there's a thing is, like, so... I had a little look into it, like, a few minutes, because, <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not a paid journalist, and I don't give a fuck. So, but, he, um, you know, he, so, he, he, he could go to jail if found to, um, be giving fraudulent statements to the police, and he could get a, a heart, like they were saying that he could get probation. You know, the likelihood is it'd be a fine probation. You know, like having to do one of those videos and all of that, but only if he had a clean record. But he has already been like um convicted. Well, not fully convicted. They 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 um. They didn't push it through and he just got probation because he gave false testimony. He is some DUIs. He claimed to be his brother to try and get out of it. And they found out that he's a lying motherfucker. So this so he's already been found to be lying once. And so he's already done the probation. So if this all plays out the way it seems to be. Homie could be thrown in jail, you know, and then it's a bit, it'll be interesting to see what happens to him on a career basis, because, yeah, you know, like, there's people that have done worse things, for real, yeah, there's people that have done worse things, but I think it it always leaves a bad taste in the mouth, when someone makes claims of racial abuse or, you know, sexual abuse or, you know, something like that. Because when you do that, you take away the validity of anyone that has legitimately gone through this shit. You know, when someone has actually gone through this and they go, hey, this happened to me. It will make people go, hmm, did it though? Did it though? You know what I mean? So he has done that by being an asshole. So I I, I think that's pretty, that's fucked up. You know what I mean? I, 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 that, that's just, uh, it's repellent, you know? So I think... He, like, you know, he shouldn't be just let off. Shouldn't just be let off. He, there should be a penance to what he's done. I'm not saying he should lose his career. I'm not saying there's not a way back. But I'm saying that it, it, it shouldn't just be a slap on the wrist. You know what I mean? 
because it looks like he's a grade A motherfucker, you know what I mean, but yeah, I don't know man, I don't know, but yeah, let's let's get on to some more crazy ass shit, um, then we've got some martial arts news, like with some breakdowns of the weekend's action, some TV, uh, some books, you know what I mean, you know how we do people, okay, let's get to it, <laughs> okay, so, oh man, today, like, I, 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 I went with a friend, hey, oh, I went to Blacklock, oh my god, Blacklock has such amazing food, like their roast, their Sunday roast is amazing, but their chops, oh my god, their chops are so good, incredible, just the flavours, man, just, oh, it was such a great time, so we, yeah, so I had a good catch up with a friend of mine, yeah, we caught jokes, just like, yeah, it was good, it's all, you know, it's always fun, like, you know what I mean, just talking, just chilling, hanging out, um, so we did that, so, she went off, you know what I mean, just family stuff she she was doing, I figured, hey, let me go and pick up my suit, the alterations were, you know, I was told the alterations would be ready by now, so I went to go get my suit, so, I, I, I you know what I mean, I'm on the underground, um, you know, making a change at Green Park to jump on, um, and I think it was Victoria Line, yeah, Victoria Line, so I did that, and there was this guy, like, so, you know, it looked like a lot of the carriages were busy, but there was this one carriage, there was so much room in this carriage, this guy jumps on the train, and then just does this talk, normal bullshit that people do, where then they just stop, they're on the train, and then it's just like, eh, Fuck everyone else. I'm just going to stand here and not let anyone else on the train. So I jump on and then I have to kind of usher him forward because there's a woman trying to get on behind me and you just hear a beep beep and like the doors are just about to shut. So I usher him forward just like, you mean, it wasn't a push. It was just like, yo, can you just move forward? The woman got on the train. This dude now, he turns around and is like, what are you doing? Uh, how dare you? I'm like, listen, I'm trying to get on the train. There's a lady here. She was trying to get on the train. You just stopped. You just stopped. Why did you just stop? And then this dude did the funniest shit. Like... <laughs> What he was trying to do was be intimidating. Um, so he's trying to scowl and like pull like some fierce faces or something. This is a thing though, right? Don't do that shit. Because, hey, some people can't see. So they can't see you trying to be all intimidating and anything. <coughs> it was just like it's just ludicrous, man. I just laughed in this dude's face because you know he's like making these weird kind of like uh, 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 noises, and I'm just like, "What the hell are you doing, son? 
You know what I mean? Look, if you want to go, come at me. Don't try put. You know what I mean? Don't try be intimidating because it ain't gonna work. Like, you know what I mean? Go, go go to the preschool and pull faces at them. They might be scared. Anyone else is just gonna think you're a jackass. But yeah, hey, it's ludicrous, man. Like, don't try and pull faces at someone wearing glasses because the chances are they can't see what the fuck you are doing, dumb motherfuckers, man. It's just a, it's just a crazy shit you find on the underground. Then, like this, uh, then the next thing that happens. So this, this guy. Is um walking down the train, walking like through all the carriages, all the connecting doors, going through, asking for money, going like, oh, I haven't eaten in days, so can you give me money? Uh, yeah, I just want to eat. Uh, can anyone help me? And um, you know, no one's no one's looking to give him any money, but so I'm just like, you know, I lean across and I go, yo, hey. If you want to eat, you know, go to the Canvas Cafe near Liverpool Street because they, you know, they've got their pay it forward board and, you know, they they give meals to the homeless, you know, because they've got this thing going with crisis. So, you know, he's complaining that he hasn't eaten in days, but instead of being like, oh, shit. I didn't know that. Thank you. It's just like, Ugh, I don't want to know about that. I just want the money. I need the money. I'm hungry. I'm like, obviously, you're not that hungry, motherfucker. Because if you were, you would take the advice and go get you some food. But you're looking for money to you mean, probably buy alcohol or whatever, whatever, which is fine. But stop fronting, you know what I mean? Stop fronting. Too many fake-ass motherfuckers. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what both of these two things point out. You know what I mean? We are in a world of fools. But, um, (laughs) I mean, it's not exactly news, right? (laughs) So, um... New York has passed some new laws. The New York City Commission on Human Rights has released new guidelines against targeting people on the basis of their hairstyle, classing this as a racial discrimination. Um, The guidelines, they're intended to protect the rights of New Yorkers in schools, workplaces, public places, uh, yeah, like where black people are disproportionately affected by policies barring hairstyles such as afros, cornrows, and locks. Um, NYC Human Rights Commissioner Chair. Carmelin P. Malias. Um, 
she said about the policy limiting the way black people move through workplaces, public spaces and other settings, um, you know, is what is going on, you know what I mean, because in 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 the past, you know, people have said about, you know, different hairstyles and things like that, it's about professionalism, but yeah, she doesn't see it like that, and this new law is meant to help with that, because, uh, yeah, because, you know, when you look at, at people culturally, you know, hair is very, um, it's related to certain races, you know, I mean, the types of hair that you have, so with certain types of hair comes different types of hairstyles, you know, because certain hairstyles are more suited to certain hair, so when you're saying, oh, know this, know that, you're really just talking to a certain type of person rather than everyone, you know, so that is, that's the intention of this, and look, we all know it's not just a New York thing, this happens everywhere, like, it's a big, you know, it's a thing in London, it's, it's where I grew up, you know, um, but, you know, the, the, this is the thing, this is the thing that you have to remember as well, when it comes to racial discrimination, like, look, you don't have to voice it, there's always so many workarounds, you know what I mean, there's so many workarounds, like, in my, oh gosh, second office job, right, um, I was doing accountant, accountancy for this charity, and on my first day, like, three people started, so myself, um, this other black guy, and this white Irish lady, now, me and the black guy got treated completely different to the, the white lady, you know, like, there was one time I was, like, a minute late, a minute late, uh, because all the trains had been cancelled, and it was a big thing, and my boss tried to chew me out about it, you know, the Irish lady turned up 10 minutes late, and was greeted with a, hello, how are you doing, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that, that happens, but it's hard for you to pin it down as racism, you know what I mean, it's hard for you to say it's this, like, my boss at the moment, you kind of, you can definitely f say that he could be a bit racist, there's the way he acts, like, he, he only really hangs out with the white people in the office, he can't interact with any person on colour, you see him, and he is 
mad uncomfortable, he he doesn't want to know, he doesn't make any effort, when it comes to work, he will scrutinise work, and it, it's just like, he doesn't look at it with the same respect as he does when it's from a white person, that's a fact, but you can't prove that, you know what I mean, you can't, there's not a way for you to go, oh, he's a racist fuck, you know what I mean, I want to bring a case against him, because there's not really anything that is done that can overtly be called racism, but when you look at everything as a whole, you look at the way he acts, you know, like, he will take the white staff out on lunch. Black staff, no, he he doesn't do that. That's the, that's what he does. I mean, also, if if you he thinks you're a threat to him, so if you're intelligent, yeah, you're fucked. But yeah, there, there's definitely a racial undercurrent there. But as I said, look, you can't prove it, so that's the problem. With things like this hair hairstyle guideline. Now, look, you know it's coming from a place where it's trying to remove barriers. But, look, there's so many ways around it. So, look, because where you might say, oh, you're not getting this job because your hair is in braids or you've got a big afro. And and that look isn't what our clientele is after. Now, they'll say something else. I mean, all they have to say is that someone else overperformed you in the internet, in the interview process. You know, that's all that needs to be said. That's that's the crazy thing. You want to know how many interviews I've been on, where um, you know, like you're basically offered the job, and then you know you they realise that you know I my sight is fucked, and other things like that. You know, I think first of all, they people think, oh, is he white? You know what I mean? And and then when they realise everything changes. Everything changes. But when you're told you didn't get the job, it's like for other reasons that never even happen. That's a crazy thing. But there's always workarounds. There's always ways people can navigate this stuff. But I mean, maybe I'm pessimistic. Like... I'm always hoping that these things do, you know, do actually help. But I don't know if this will. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Well, I guess this is some big news, especially in the US. Um, Democratic politician Bernie Sanders has announced... That he will be running for presidency in 2020. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
I, I, I think there's a lot of people supposedly up for, um, you know, the candidacy in um, the Democratic Party. But you wonder, because, you know, and everyone knows that the Democratic Party screwed him so Hillary could, uh, you know, get get their vote and be the runner in 2016. Because they did that and it all ended extremely badly for them. Will they be fully behind him this time around? You know? I don't know. It's like, um, okay, so he said that he's aim of um you know running is transforming our country that's the US uh and um he also said our campaign is about transforming our country and creating a government based on the principles of economic social racial and environmental justice um you know he he's he's launching the campaign and he believes that um well i mean this is what he said unprecedented in modern american history that's how he described his campaign what how it's going to be you know what I mean? <laughs> like to lay the groundwork for transforming the economic and political life of this country. Yeah. The, the, I mean, this is all how he's um, described things. But, I don't know. Like, I, I think... I think it needs to be remembered that he's 77. So, he's from Vermont. And he's 77. So he's not a young man. But yeah. He definitely seems to have a lot of. Um, a lot of believe. You know. I, I, I think the big question. Has to be. You know. Will he be around for 2020? Because. Bernie looks frail as hell. He really does. So, you know, and being 77, I think that's the big question, really. Like, well, there's two big questions. Firstly, will he still be around come 2020? Well, actually, thinking about this, three questions. Will he still be around come 2020? Will the campaign itself will all of that can he survive that you know what i mean will that not be too much for him and the last thing and this is all you know what i mean not including what policies and beliefs and all of that but lastly can he survive four years in the white house and i mean on a physical health basis not through you know the things he he does politically can because 
he doesn't look well. So this was the big thing about Hillary. She didn't look well. Bernie does not look well. So can he a survive the campaign? B actually B actually make it to the campaign and C survive four years of craziness in office because we know how that changes people like Obama didn't have any gray before he got in he left with a full hair of gray you know what I mean Trump is looking decidedly older than when he first got there and I don't mean just you know yes we age each year but he looks decidedly older so yeah can Bernie actually survive a whole campaign because the thing is you might think yes we want Bernie in but if he's gonna die after a year two years then that throws everything into disarray and it's like who who comes next obviously it's usually the vice president but will there be I but I don't know you know what I mean? Is that the vice president for a short period of time, or or do you have to? Is it a Theresa May situation? That's that's the thing. Like, what would happen? But yeah, Bernie Sanders, twenty twenty. That is, um, that's the big one, people. That is the big one. Well, all my American friends, anyway. He wants to transform your country. So this weekend, god damn it, we got some fights. Um UFC um fight night. The first card on ESPN proper is on Sunday. But before then, we have Invicta FC 34 from Kansas City on Friday. Um <clears throat> so it was um a flyweight championship to uh you know end the card it was uh Vanessa Porto against uh Pell Gonzalez uh, there was some there was some okay fights beforehand like um Victoria Leonardo defeated Jamie Milanowski um and you know what I mean it, it went half around Leonardo was just, yeah, just dominant, just dominant, and then, you know, got her down, sunk in a rear naked, and it was all done. Uh, we then had a uh, a flyweight tournament to get the number one contender, uh, and before that, there was the alternate fight. So, um, you know, within this, we had two on. Young undefeated fighters who have been looking promising. So, in the alternate fight, we had Tracy Cortez against Erin Blanchfield. And Blanchfield, I mean, she'd she'd been looking good in her um, <clears throat> her uh, previous fights. You know, she had done a little combat jujitsu and EBI as well. So we know her ground game was good. Um, now this went to a decision 
and it was given to Cortez. And I have to say, I I think Blanchfield was robbed. I do feel Blanchfield was robbed. I think she should have got the nod. I wouldn't say it was a dominant performance, but I think she definitely did enough to take it. So that was, um, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. Bit of a surprise, to be honest. Um, next up, the um, the other young undefeated was Miranda Maverick. And this was the flyweight tournament proper. She was against Deanna Bennett. And, um, man, like, I, I think you could definitely see Miranda has been working out. Like, physically, she looked different. You know what I mean? Definitely trimmer. Um, but she still looks big. And against Deanna Bennett, she definitely looked big. But... Bennett, man, she's got her wrestling, so she was able to take Maverick down and um, kind of control the fight. You know, even in stand-up, Bennett was controlling things. So she won a, yeah, unanimous, unanimous decision. Um, <clears throat> the final fight was Karina Rodriguez against Miana Du... Uh, do the vote, do the favor, um, did the favor, you know, she's fought in the UFC, um, like, Rodriguez took this one, um, which is interesting, because Bennett has defeated Rodriguez already, it was like, I have to say, Milana looked like, you know, she might, take this fight but as time wore on Rodriguez um definitely got her flow and was definitely the one with more stamina it would seem so she was able to um turn things around and just get the uh get the split decision here the uh so then we had the title fight Paulo V. Gonzalez. Um, yeah, this didn't. Man, it like it got stopped. Got stopped in the fourth round with an eye poke. But um, so Porto won by technical decision. And I have to say, yeah, she she was the more powerful in there. Like she didn't dominate Gonzalez. Like, she did take her down. Like, a lot of it was being able to power Gonzalez down. And, like, all the time, Gonzalez, she wasn't really ground and pounded or anything like that. So, she she was throwing up, like, submission attempts. You know, working off her back. When she did get up. Like, um, Porto would swarm forward with punches, like, head down, punches, you know, not very technical, but she was forcing Gonzalez back a lot, you know, and, and I think that was the thing, Gonzalez was always going back, um, when Porto hit her, it, it was, like, you know, she rocked Gonzalez's head, 
when P- Gonzalez was hitting Porto, you know, they were crisp technical shots, but not with the same power. <clears throat> so you could see why Porto got this decision. Um, it's an interesting one because, you know, it didn't go the distance. So maybe because there's still one more fight for the flyweight tournament. So they could easily run this one back because there's going to be a period where Porto won't have an opponent. So they could run it back, you know, because it it was a, a technical stoppage. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And hopefully Porto's eye isn't um, too damaged, you know. But yeah, it didn't look like a didn't look like a nice cut. Let's just say that. But um, yeah, so that was our Friday night fights. Not bad, not bad. A, a little um, amuse bouche leading us into the UFC on Sunday. So uh, yeah, we'll um, we'll check that out and report back. Okay, so Saturday to end this weekend of big fights. No, sorry, Sunday. Yeah, this week it was Sunday. The UFC held their first ESPN card. So, you know, I mean, as you know, look, we've already had a good few events so far this year. But this is the first one to wholly broadcast on ESPN, so, you know what I mean, it's not the app, it's not, it's just the main channel itself, and it was UFC Fight Night, Francis Ngannou v. Cain Velasquez, so, yeah, you know, big, it was a big event, people, it was a big event, and, yeah, there was some good fights, like, yeah, it, it's, it wasn't a classic, but there was some good fights. I mean, we're going to run through. Um, so, you know, it started with Emily Whitmore against Alexandra Alba. Whitmore ran through Alba. I, I think the fight lasted probably... Man, it didn't last long. Because Whitmore just beat her down and then just took a neck. That was it. It was over. Um, Henan Burrell v Luke Saunders, this was, this was a strange one, Burrell came out on fire, he came out, he dominated Sanders in that first round, you know, he was, Sanders was always moving back, Burrell was moving forward, he was varying his attack, kicks, punches, you know, just peppering Saunders, just Bullying him in there. Um, but when they went to the corner. Saunders coach. He was like look. Go forward. Throw combinations. And move forward. Pressure him. Second round. Saunders came out. Pressured. And it was done. Man he landed a straight right. Followed it up. Burrell went down, and then he just ground and pounded him, and the ground and pound was so precise, 
Barrell was just, I think he went out. I think he went out for a, for a few seconds. But yeah, I mean, I was glad this fight went this way. Because Barrell came in well overweight. So I'm just like, look, it always bugs me when people miss weight and then win. Because it just advances their career. But you missed weight. So you didn't actually fight in that weight class. But yeah, that that was, you know, so Sanders is durable. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Because I don't know if I see him as a contender. But, you know what I mean, he, he, he should win some decent fights. Nick Lentz, Scott Holtzman. I mean, it went to a decision. Lentz won it. Holtzman, he just didn't, he wasn't active enough. I feel that's what let him down. Like, Lentz won the first round. I'd say Holtzman won the second. In the third round, he wasn't active enough. And then he just got taken down. So... Like, Holtzman kind of lost this himself, you you could say. Uh, Ashley Evans-Smith against Andrea Lee. Andrea KGB Lee just dismantled Evans-Smith. I mean, it went to a decision, but there was nowhere in that fight that you thought Evans-Smith had a chance of winning. Lee just peppered her, was moving forward and just dismantled her, like punches, kicks, her attack was varied, it was just a straight up kickboxing masterclass. Benito Lopez against Manny Benudez, and uh, they were both unbeaten, Manny got the win, the problem I have with this was Manny came in, I think it was like five pounds overweight. And the way he won was he kind of had too much pressure. So Lopez couldn't move. And you wonder, was that from technique? Or was that just you? Yeah, because you're a heavier person. You know, so yeah, it wasn't, it was a shame. You know what I mean? I, that's all I can say. That it was a big shame. Jimmy Rivera against Al Jermaine Sterling. The Funk Master against El Terra. Um, hey, there, there, there was a lot of back and forth. I used to think these guys were okay with each other. Seemed to be a lot of back and forth. You know, I think mean, because they're from the same area, so there was a lot of, you know, who's better, bragging rights. They, they, I think, were meant to have met a few times on the um, amateur circuit, on the uh, independent circuit. It never happened, so this was their big meeting. And Sterling just controlled it. He ba- He controlled it from beginning to end. He couldn't get a takedown, but we know that Rivera's takedown defense is good. But on the feet, yes, yeah, Sterling, Sterling had it. Like, there was a few occasions that Vieira hit him with a big punch. And Sterling can be hit. That is one thing I think he needs to work on as he moves forward. Because there are people that punch harder. And if he gets punched by them, he could be in trouble. Who knows? But, yeah, Sterling looked very good 
in this uh, in this victory. Andre Feely against Miles Jury, like it's, it's Megan O'Leary gave him the nickname Touchy, so Andre Touchy Feely. Now I wonder, was she giving him a nickname or was she just crying for help to um, Joseph? You know what I mean, Joseph? Andre's so touchy, and he's just like, oh, do you mean because he's, like, peppering his opponents? No, because he keeps on trying to touch me. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, it probably didn't happen, but, you know, you wonder. <laughs> but he was fighting Miles Jury anyway. You know, he let me get back on track. He was fighting Miles Jury, and um, it's weird. Jury just didn't look awake. In the first round. He just didn't look like he was there. He he got back into it in the second round. And it was very back and forth. You know what I mean? Very back and forth. But you'd say probably Feely took the first round. And he took it well. Jury, you know, came back and just pit the second round. In the third round, Jury just disappeared again. And, yeah, Feely just... Just controlled it. Just controlled that round. And just won by decision. You know. It, it was pretty clear. But people. I think. The fight of the night. Oh my god. The fight of the night. I have to say it. I'm calling it. Vicente Lupe. Against Brian. Bam Bam Barbarina. Oh my god. This was insane. This fight was insane. Straight up. It's it's like. In the first round. Lupe controlled it. He controlled that first round. Barbarina just didn't seem to. Have much. He was just plodding forward. He didn't really have much. In the second round though. Oh my god, he got he seemed his range was there, everything was there. Barbarina was just peppering the like Lupe. He was just coming forward, he was landing, he was throwing the odd kick, but he was walking through anything Lupe threw at him. And he was like throwing big shots, but then just throwing little patter pat 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 and just landing, landing, landing. Just all over Lupe, all over him. The third round, it was so back and forth. So back and forth. So you'd say it's 1-1 going into this. It was back and forth. And um, I think, like, Barbarina, because he took so many shots. So many shots. It, it, I think there was, like, five seconds left in the fight. Lupe landed a big shot, like Barbarina stumbled, and then Lupe swarmed him, and then was just he like Barbarina went down, and Lupe just ground and pounded him. You kind of think ref, just wait, just hold on. This is like literally he he ended it, called the fight off, and then the fight actually ended. So it was that close to going. And if it had gone to a decision, when they looked at the cards, Barbarina would have won. That's how crazy this shit was. But yeah, um, 
It was insane. This fight was insane. It was so good. Like, next up, you had Alex Caress against Crone Gracie making his UFC debut. Crone from the legendary Gracie family. And an actual Gracie, not one of these married-in types. And Crone, yo, he, he just, whew, he just took Caress apart. It was very quick. Like, they landed some, like, you know, some stand-up. And then Gracie just got in on him on a clinch. The way he took him down and took his back was just... Oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. He just got a hook in. And then as he was swinging his other leg around, he kind of flipped him down. It was so good. And then that was all it wrote. You know what I mean? Caress didn't have a chance. Because the, the the arm went under the chin so quickly. And that was it. So it'll be interesting to see where Gracie goes from here. You know what I mean? How things develop. But he looked very good. Then we had Courtney Casey against Cynthia Calvillo. Oh my God. Cynthia Calvillo. She is, she's a great fighter, and she's a smoke show, god damn it, man, but, um, this fight, like, Casey, I think, was the heavier puncher, but Calvillo just, she was able to, I think, get her footwork on point, like, she was able to get in and get out, you know what I mean, move out of range of Casey's punches, so she didn't eat too many, like, she controlled it on the feet, you know, she, she, she was throwing some kicks, but it was Casey that probably did more, most damage with the kicks to Calvillo's leg, but Calvillo gritted it out, she couldn't get a takedown, but she did control things on her feet, and she took the decision win. Um, yeah, and, you know, she called out Tatiana Suarez at the end, which would be an incredible fight, they both have great ground game, um, Suarez is the bigger person, so you think she might have a slight advantage, but I can't wait to see that fight if they make it, then we had the co-main event, James Vick against Paul Felder, Ooh, this was a fight. At first, you wondered, could Felder get inside? But then, yeah, he, he got inside. He got inside. He won this fight. He was throwing some great combinations. You know, he, he was good footwork to move punches. And, like, I think the knock on Vic is, you know, he's always going to be the taller person in the ring. He never uses his reach. He never uses it. Like, John Jones is one of the only tall, long-armed fighters that uses his reach. There's so many other guys. You know, Stefan Struve, James Vick. They don't use that reach. So, yeah, Vick could have controlled it from the outside. Landed punches and kicks. And maybe won this fight. He didn't, you know what I mean, he let it get inside, he let it become a war, 
and yeah, he lost the fight, and there was definitely occasions where you thought Felder could take him out, like Vic doesn't cover his chin, it's a big problem for him, it's a big problem, but you know, so that's why I don't think Vic can ever get into title contention, because he's got too many flaws, too many vulnerabilities, Felder, I don't know if Felder can get there, but he's got more of a chance for sure. Then we had our main event, Francis against Kane. Now, Kane has been out for basically two years, and we all know how many injuries that he has had over, you know, over his career. It's insane. Um, and... I think the consensus was that Kane would dominate and win this fight. Yeah, didn't go to plan. Ngano just took him out. Took him out. And see, the funny thing about this is... Well, see, the thing is... I think the referee stopped the fight. Not because of ground pound, not because of punches. But because of Kane's knee. Now, they were... Getting up close, Ongano did throw a punch, landed on Kane's head. Kane went to duck another punch, and then his knee just gave away on him. Gave away. And then he went down to the fat ground, and you could see him physically scream out that his knee was hurting him. And I think that's why the ref stopped it. Because there wasn't really any ground power. Lungano landed a couple of punches. They didn't really do a whole lot. But yeah. But Francis takes the win. And the funny thing is. You know the ironic situation here. Kane loses very quickly. The UFC's big first event on ESPN proper. Now, if you remember seven years ago, the same thing happened with Kane when UFC made their big Fox debut. He was fighting Junior Dos Santos and he lost it in the first few seconds with a big overhand. Like, in that fight, it was a legitimate punch that ended it. But, you know what I mean? It was Big Fox, Kane loses in the first few seconds. Big ESPN, Kane loses first few seconds. I think if the UFC, after a few years, and Kane say he was still around, they went to a new um, channel, he does not want to be on that first event because it seems it does not go well for him. And the big question is, can he come back from this new injury? You know what I mean? Like, how will this affect him? Because after that big knockout from JDS, he just went on a tear and just killed everyone. So, you know what I mean? You, you wouldn't necessarily say this is it for Kane. But the injury could be this, for, you know what I mean? Could be it for Kane. Who knows? But, um, okay, so next week, UFC's in Prague. Looking forward to that. But yeah, it, it wasn't a bad event. It wasn't a bad event from um, Phoenix, Arizona. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. Um, 
more UFC coming, people. Yeah. Okay, so this week I um I checked out the Umbrella Academy, uh, the first season on Netflix. Uh, it is from creator Jeremy Slater. Well, you know, I think we all know it's actually I, I you know saying we all know. I don't think everyone probably does, but this is based on a comic book series from Jared Way. Um, I believe he's from. Uh, it's something like Full Metal Jacket or a My Chemical Romance, one of them type of bands. Um, and Gabriel Barr, uh, who with his brother he created stuff like Luna and the Sword. Um, so yeah, they they they've done. I think I think so far there's been three mini series, and I think in total there's meant to be eight. Something like that, um, but yes, it from what I remember, it was picked up by another studio that all fell through. The Netflix grabbed it, um, and yeah, then everything just moved forward from there. So, Jeremy Slater has adapted it for, um, you know, the TV. And it is starring, oh, just a good few people. So we have Ellen Page, Tom Hooper, David Castandia, Emmy Ravalapman, Robert Sheehan, Aidan Gallagher. Uh, Cameron Britton, Mary J. Blige. I, you know what? I was watching it. I was thinking, I recognize that chick. Who is she? I think she's Mary J., but I don't know. I just, it's like, hmm. But I have to say, Mary J.'s acting has really gone places over the years. You know, like she was very good in Mudbound last year. Um, yeah, so also um, Justin H. Min and Jordan Claire Robbins. Okay, so the um, the gist of the story is this. On the same day in October 1989, 43 infants are inexplicably born to random, unconnected women who showed no signs of pregnancy the day before. Seven are adopted by Sir Reginald Hargreaves, a billionaire industrialist who creates the Umbrella Academy and prepares his children to save the world. But not everything went according to plan. In their teenage years, the family fractured and the team disbanded. Now the six surviving 30-something members reunite upon the news of Hargreaves' passing. Luther, Diego, Allison, Klaus, Vanya and number five work together to solve a mystery surrounding their father's death. But the estranged family once again begins to come apart. 
due to their divergent personalities and abilities, not to mention the imminent threat of a global apocalypse. So, um, yeah, I think this has been talked on for, 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 gosh, I mean, since it was conceived, you know, like a load of people are just like, yes, the the Umbrella Academy is incredible, it's just, it's amazing, you need to check it out, um, you know, everyone's been like, uh, just pushing it, just like, you know, telling me what an incredible piece of work this is, so I was definitely intrigued to, um, to give it a go, you know, to kind of see what, what is this, you know, like, um, ain't the comic cited in 2007, so yeah, you know, this has been going, going for a while, um, so, you know, watching this season, it is, I think it didn't, it, it started off okay, you know, it didn't start off too badly, it was, there was some interesting stuff, especially with, you weren't quite sure what had split everyone apart, but you could tell there was, there was undercurrents, there was things that had happened, so yeah, there, there was an intrigue to, um, you know, what what it was all about, but as things went on, I have to say, it, it, it didn't need to be 10 episodes, I think it could have been probably, I don't know, six episodes, probably six episodes, and you would have been fine, because there was a lot of, like, flashbacks, and tangents that I really didn't do anything to push the story forward and I started to lose interest to be honest I started to lose interest and one of the other things was that like the story it it started to kind of force a lot of stuff it was, it was forcing a lot of stuff, and other stuff was getting rushed, really rushed, like, um, you know, the family, they'd be getting along, and then, you know, out of nowhere, there'd be this random argument, and it wasn't even like it was one of those silly arguments that you might have at a family gathering, you know, it wasn't even something like that, it was just very contrived, these contrived moments, which then was just like, uh, so you've done this, so then everyone's going to storm off, then you can follow everyone in their separate directions for the rest of the episode, then the next episode, we can have them eventually get back together, then you're going to do this again, and it was just like, all of this, man, you know, that kept on happening, there was a lot of, like, Vanya's relationship, that was, like, so fast, which was weird, 
You know what I mean? Look, it's not saying that you might not, um, you can get infatuated by someone, you know, you, that, that can definitely be there. Lust, I mean, we've we spoken about our lust. Um, but the problem was, it was just like, there wasn't that even at the beginning. It was just like, oh, you're the only person I can talk to. And you're just like, okay, so you, you're, you're in your 30s in your 30s, and you're telling me there's no one that you would talk to, you know what I mean, like, it it just seems a a, a very, just, convenient, because even people that are loners, there's usually one or two people who they could talk to, at a push, at a push, and if there wasn't, even if there wasn't, right, they're not gonna jump on the first frigging person, you know, because because the way, like, this dude is with her, it's all a bit creepy, and straight away, she's just like, oh, yo, yeah, so, ah, that means we're in love now, ah, and then when things come out about him, it's all very convenient. Oh, he was in this place to get this information and blah, blah, blah. And it's all like, oh, man, come on. Just what are you doing? And then as a story, I think it, it starts to play out even more. You're kind of like, you've kind of ripped off the Dark Phoenix saga. That that's kind of in an essence what you're what you're doing here. You know what I mean? There, there, there didn't seem a lot of original ideas in this whole thing. So I don't know if it's the TV adaptation, that maybe the comics have done it a little bit better, but everything seemed like a poor in a poor version of other things. Now, listen. Hey, there's you know you, you there's so much that's kind of similar to other things in stories, in TVs, in music. You know, just in everything. Every like people have absorbed so much stuff already that obviously, yes, there will be duplication. Which is fine, but I think it it really kind of resonates when there's a new voice to it. When someone's added a new, a little new twist to, you know, the story. But this, there's nothing really new here, you know. Like, he's, um, it, it seemed that they took elements from uh, um, I think it's J um J Michael Stransky Stravinsky, um, it, it seemed like they took elephant elements I think from his book I think it's uh, Midnight Nation I believe, yeah, which was a bit like okay. So, which is, no, Rising Stars, that's it, he's Rising Stars book, so you have that, you have the, the, the all the parallels to the X-Men, you know, 
like Hargreaves, Xavier, like Vanya, the, the Jean Grey, like there's, there's, you know, there's so much in there, so, and again, look, it's fine, but it, it just, it just paled in comparison, it didn't, it didn't draw me, and then the way it all ended just seemed just a bit of a, a a cheap trick to try and get people to check out more stuff, you know. And um, like some of the other stuff, like Hazel and Agnes. Now that just seemed odd. That that whole situation seemed odd, and there wasn't like it was just like how like. Look, again, look, we, there's no template for love, right? But, you know, whoever you fall for, there's gonna, there's a reason why. There was something that drew you to someone. We don't know what that was in this situation. They didn't, like, at least explain that. At least show that. You know, you've done so much like tangent Oh let's run off and tell, look at this And let's run off and look at that oh, You've you done so much of that Why don't you show what actually Drew these two together Because All we see they're eating donuts That's it You know what I mean There's an age difference So it's just like what What's the thing that brought them together Maybe I missed something You know what I mean Maybe that's on me. Who knows? But yeah, I don't know. It's like Netflix, you know, they've cancelled all the Marvel stuff. So now, like, they've got this and they're developing a, a lot of Mark Miller stuff because, you know, they brought Miller World. So they've got his properties. They're doing Jupiter's Circle. They just announced that. And I think there's some kick-ass stuff And, you know, they're doing the Kingsman series So, it looks like they're trying to build the the void of the Marvel stuff But on from this first reckoning It doesn't, it doesn't live up to it, man I think even the, the last season of Punisher I probably preferred that to Umbrella Academy. And I didn't really like the last season of Punisher. You know what I mean? But, hey. If you... if you, I, I think... Look, anyone that probably read the Umbrella Academy... They, they, they'd want to check it out. And then I'd say, look... If you enjoy... I don't know. If you enjoyed... Uh, just comic book stuff in general, probably, you know, I'd check that, this out, like, I, it's, it's kind of a Mission Impossible vibe to it, you know, I mean, they're not similar, but it's kind of got that vibe, so if you like those films, I'd say check it out, you know what I mean, but yeah, don't be expecting anything on par with, like, Daredevil season one and season three, um, Jessica Jones season one, Luke Kay, you know, we don't don't expect that, unfortunately. So the first book I read this week 
was A Court of Thorns and Roses. This is um, by Sarah J. Mass, and it's the first book in A Court of Thorns and Roses. Um, yeah, it's a, a trilogy of the same name. Uh, and it was read by Jennifer Ikeda. Uh, so the breakdown of the book is this. Freya's survival rests upon her ability to hunt and kill. The forest where she lives is a cold, bleak place in the long winter months. So when she spots a deer in the forest being pursued by a wolf, she cannot resist fighting it for the flesh. But to do so, she must kill the predator and killing something so precious comes at a price. Dragged to a magical kingdom for the murder of a fairy, Freya discovers that her captor, his face obscured by a jeweled mask, is hiding far more than his piercing green eyes would suggest. Freya's presence at the court is closely guarded, and as she begins to learn why, her feelings for him turn from hostility to passion and the fairy lands become an even more dangerous place. Freya must fight to break an ancient curse or she will lose him forever. Now, a lot of um, writers, authors, you know what I mean, that I follow on um, Goodreads, you know, they've, like, you see quotes of them talking about this book and and the series and just Sarah J. Mars as an author herself, you know. So I thought, hey, I need a new series. Let me check this book out. Um, I have to say, I don't think this book is meant for me. <laughs> You know, um, I, it's, 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 you know, I wouldn't say it's terrible, you know, but it, it's just not, it's just not something that I can get with. It's like, to me, it, it's, it's kind of the equivalent of um, catching catching fire like i really enjoyed the hunger games but then you know the second book and even the third book mocking jay they just didn't connect with me you know um the love story just got ridiculous it was just like ah there's all these kind of ridiculous things and there was a lot of contradictions and this is the reason, the these are the reasons why this just didn't connect. There's so many contradictions in this book. It like it didn't make any sense, you know. It's like um, they they talk about like this curse and oh and and love has to break it and all of this, but you go, I right, but where's the love, man? You know what I mean? It, it, it it's like. There wasn't really anything that really showed what love was. It's all very, you know, it's very easy, very convenient. Like a lot of the stuff that happened in that regard. So you go, I, so is that really love? 
You know what I mean? Like, what's going on? Because it's just like, there's one bit, and, you know, it just sounded like she just wanted a fuck. Like, and, you, and you're just like, that ain't love. Yeah, like, you just wanted to get laid, man. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this. And also, there's these weird moments, like, you know, where she's kind of nearly raped. But it, it, instead of being like, oh, no, that's terrible. It's a bit like, oh, oh okay. Oh, is this what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just grab me like that. And you're just like, hold on. What the fuck? There's this weird shit going on. And then it's like, you know, so you get past that shit. But it's it's the typical weird thing that a lot of you find in a lot of this kind of I guess this is probably a young adult thing. Um but you find a lot of these stories, and especially the ones written by women, is like you've got they've got this main character who's who's a woman. And oh, you know what I mean? She's precocious, and oh, you know she won't listen to what anyone has to say. But she, she, you know, she writes her own rules, stamps her own ticket, Grr. but has a thing about getting down with like a weird creature. Yeah, you know, it, like it's either vampires, werewolves, like some sort of weird creature. They just want to get pounded by that. And you're just like, what is this weird fascination with that? Like, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. And you also have the, um, yeah, I it's the idea that they don't understand what love and lust are. Because what they seem to write is just straight up lust. It's nothing else, you know, it's not love, and they're like, oh, you know, say the big thing of this is, like, the mask, like, you know, without seeing the face, I fell in love with the person, and you're like, no, 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 you didn't, you're, you're in this place, and you're getting all this shit given to you, you know what I mean, like, clothes, and there's money, and opulence, and all of that, you're enamoured by that, you know what I mean? So it's easy to be like, oh, I love you. When, like, my man is the richest motherfucker in town. You know what I mean? It'd be like, yo, are you going to love a pauper? You know what I mean? That, that's the thing right there. You know? Like, what what is going on? And it's just like, other people are, are, are mean and horrible to her. Like her sisters. But then it's just like, oh, no, but, you know, uh, uh, they they weren't really selfish or horrible. They loved me. And be like, yo, they made you do all the motherfucking work. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? It, it, it's just like flip-flopping all over the place. Going, oh, this person, I hate this person. Oh, now I like this person. It's like, pick a lane. And stay in it, you know. That 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 that's the thing, man. Then you have this just age old con- 
conceit in these kind of books where like all these other people they've got all this power and it takes this one girl with no power but she manages to defeat everyone and you're just like oh god come on i like make it believable you know what i mean because believe like in a way she couldn't do that that's not happening but like you could have her assist you could have her give a good input into the shit but having it like she is the be or end all just makes you go oh really really look you can write a strong female character without going to these weird lengths to go she's a strong female character you know no, I mean, that's the big thing. It's just like, in trying to make Freya this, like, really, you know, no shit person, they just made her a really shit person. I mean, it was like, you, you have no empathy. You, you don't give a fuck what happened to this person. You know, because, like, there's times when they say, hey, um, if you go to this place, you're going to put yourself and us in danger, so please just stay here, and then it's just like, uh, I'm not gonna stay here, how dare they make me, like, stay in this place, uh, I'm gonna go, and then she goes to the place, and obviously, there's danger all around, and, oh no, I'm so worried, what's going on, uh, uh, oh, oh my god, and then it's just like, oh no, Oh, why are my friends now, like, their lives in jeopardy? I don't understand. Uh, you know, it's just like, grow up, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, someone has asked you a reasonable request. You have decided to, you know what I mean, go up around that. You know, disregard what has been asked. So at least fucking apologise you know, and you've done it once, then don't do it again, and again, and again, and that's what keeps it happening, and you're just like, oh, this is so tiresome, man, so tiresome, you know, and, like, you have this other weird thing, like, you know, they set the story up, like, oh, and, you know, Freya, she's, she's resilient, she's tough, but she's not the most attractive person in the world, you know, her sisters are far more attractive, and there's other girls in the village who are far more attractive than Freya, and then you have later in the story, it's like, oh, everyone wants to jump her bones, like, everyone's fighting to get her, and you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, stop with the bullshit, look, if you're saying she's butters, then she's not gonna have all these people jumping over to try and get into her baggies, and especially when she keeps them fucking shit up, and making them get into big fights over the stupid hoe, it's just ridiculous, Straight up ridiculous. So, but, you know, hey, listen. 
as I said, it's clear that this is not for me because I don't believe in this. I have no empathy for these characters, but I'm not a girl. So, you know, I think this is clearly written for a female audience or probably a little social justice warrior dude who's like, yeah, I'm down. (laughs) I'm down with everything you say, (laughs) you know, if you want to peg me, then go, I'll bend over and let you. (laughs) Yeah, it's for those dudes, motherfuckers. But um, listen, right, joking aside, I would say if you were a fan of the whole, um, you know, Hunger Games series, because, you know, the first book, I enjoyed the first book, didn't like the next two. But if you like those next two books, I would say that you will like this book. This is definitely for you so um yeah if if that's your if that's your wheelhouse jump on board a cult of fawns and roses okay so the second book i read this week was one day in december uh by josie silver and um this was Narrated by Eleanor Eleanor Tomlinson and Charlie Anson. Um, Okay, so. uh, Laurie is pretty sure love at first sight doesn't exist anywhere but the movies. But then, through a misted up bus window one snowy December day, she sees a man... Who knows instantly is the one. Their eyes meet. There's a moment of pure magic. And then her bus drives away. Certain they're fated to find each other again. Laurie spends a year scanning every bus stop and cafe in London for him. But she doesn't find him. Not when it matters anyway. Instead they reunite at a Christmas party. When her best friend Sarah giddily introduces her new boyfriend to Laurie. It's Jack, the man from the bus. It would be. Obviously, it would be. You know, we, we, we've read these books before. What follows for Laurie, Sarah and Jack is ten years of friendship, heartbreak, missed opportunities... Roads not taken and destinies reconsidered. One day in December is a joyous, heartwarming and immensely moving love story to escape into and reminder that fate takes inexplicable turns along the route to happiness. Yes. Well, um, hmm. Like, Hey, listen, I've said this, um, you know, a few times, like, sometimes I will pick up a trashy book to break up, to break up, like, you know, 
I think after I've read like a few kind of longer, heavier books, I, I you know, is sometimes you want to read something a bit light, something you don't really have to think about. And then sometimes you want one of those books because you really can't think of what to read next. So it's just like, ugh, do I start this series? Like, do I continue with that series? Oh, that autobiography, like, oh, which which direction should I go in? So you, you throw on something like this to um, kill the time and give you a little moment to think. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think I'm done. I can't do that anymore. It, you know what I mean? It's just going to have to be like heavy book, heavy book. Because I, these books are killing me. They're just so bad. So bad. Uh, it, it's just like that part at the end of, of the blog. You know what I mean? The, um, like... Uh, you know, one day in December is a joyous, heartwarming, and immensely moving love story. Hmm. To escape into a remember and a reminder that fate takes inexplicable turns along the route to happiness. That's not what this is. This is a ludicrous, a ludicrous falsehood. Because it's just like, what these people are, are feeling isn't love, it's lust, it's straight up lust, you know what I mean, it's just like, look, if you your eyes met with someone, you know, if they met with someone, then you had a conversation with them, you had a conversation with them, maybe like, then you arranged a date, You've gone on a date with them, and you've talked, and you've got a little understanding of who that person is. Do you know what I mean? Then you might go, okay, love. You know what I mean? I mean, still, it's early. You're not really loving someone for a while. Like, this early stuff is lust. It's straight lust. Because you don't know someone. So how do you love someone if you don't know them? You don't. You you can lust after them. You'd be like, oh, they're so attractive. Mm, damn, I want to get down with that. I'm looking forward to tear that up. Uh, you know what I mean? That's what that is. Or, or it is the fault of, oh, all my friends are in a situation. Maybe this is my situation. So you don't particularly, you, it's not that you love them, but you love the idea that this could be your situation. This could be your love. But loving them, obviously not. Because you don't fucking know them. And this this story is just, yeah, it's just built on that, which is just, it's infuriating, you know, I get another thing as well, 
it's just like, oh, Laurie is the less attractive person, and Sarah, her best friend, is the drop-dead gorgeous one, the one who turns heads when she walks into the room, the one that, you know, she, oh, she gets the best jobs, and you know, she does what she wants, and blah, 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 it's just like, stop with the this lazy writing, because that's all that is, when you set something up like that, it's laziness, you know, because we all know how this is going to go, so stop with the, the bullshit, like, oh, one is so attractive and the other one isn't, because we know, like, in the end, oh, the guy, he dates the really attractive one, but then he realises the ugly one is the one really for him, it's like, uh, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Just stop with the bullshit. Look, you can go. All right, this one, you know, she she's like um, a supermodel frame, you know, tall, long legs, blah, blah, blah. So she is a general type. Then you have the other girl who's nice. She, maybe she's got, like, I don't know, maybe she's a redhead, she's, um, like, Rubenesque, maybe, so, you know what I mean, she's not fat, but, but she's got hips, she's got a booty, you know what I mean, which is all good, because if you don't have a booty, how the fuck is your back staying up, you know what I mean, come on now, like, if you broke it down like that, like, you'd be like, okay, right, so, this one, is a general type, you know, the other one a bit more complex, but that's cool, you know what I mean, and then it's once he gets to know her and unravel some of her bullshit, then he's like, oh, okay, yeah, she's cool, but when you just set up like, oh, she's less attractive, then it's just like, all right, so, well, what's going on, like, what, so, what are the pluses, Okay, so what are the kind of pull factors of this girl? Why is it people would be like, ah, oh, yeah, I want to get with her. Come on, let 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 you know, let's hear this because then that's not totally explained. You know, you you hit other bits of this book, like you know, one of the guys that she's oh now madly in love with. He he's got a place. He's like, oh, come live with me. And she's like, okay, but, you know, only for a little while. Because I want to stand on my own two feet. <laughs> but obviously she doesn't. And she ends up living there. But doesn't pay any rent. You know? So where is this, you know what I mean? Like, independent, really nice world. Because it's just like, it's not really showing what her... Yeah, but what's the plus of her? There's not that. The, you know, you have her in these different relationships. Then it's just like, oh, I think that he still might fancy his ex. What's that about? Huh? Oh, I'm pissed off. Well, all the time, she's lusting after this Jack. It's just like, there's a lot of contradictions. A lot of contradictions. But at no point is she called out on them. Look, so if you're going to write something like this, 
you can you can do what you've done but point out the contradictions point out the flaws so if it had said uh you know her inner monologue is just like i think i think you know owen fancies his ex i can't believe that it's really it's just eating me up now i i and the weird thing is i know i know i shouldn't feel like that because i'm still thinking about jack but so it's unfair for me to complain about this when he hasn't even shown a side that he's cheating on me or done anything bad but you know hey it's what i feel like even just write some bullshit like that and you're like okay okay you can see the layers here but it doesn't you know it's just setting certain characters up as being victims to all the bullshit and so you're just left thinking this is so tiresome so tiresome and it's you know all the characters they always like achieve all this great shit you mean it's just like oh so sarah wants to be on the news oh now she's the anchor of the leading news program and everyone loves her but and you're just like oh really really Oh, and Jack runs a radio show, and, you know, he's high-flying, and everyone, like, listens to his show, and blah, blah, blah. Like, and at the end, it's just like, oh, and now we're tw- trending on Twitter, and be like, fuck off. Stop with the ridiculous bullshit. Like, because, look, you can have a story that is just a little on 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 the contrite side but it's endearing as fuck you know what i mean it's like look about time if you watch about time which is such an amazing film a richard um a richard curtis film it's look people if you haven't seen it watch the film but it's this love story that you know, you're just a, like, if, I don't think you're ever going to see it, you know what I mean, it's never going to happen for, to you, this is a story straight for the movies, but you're not mad at it, you know what I mean, because I think the characters are layered, it's sweet, but it, it's showing some ups and downs, and like, you know, not everyone is successful and there's flaws and some decisions just don't go the right way and so it's like building like this it's not just trying to make that your your lead characters as the best as the best because at no point in this book really can you see how jack has been great for laurie at no point in the book do you see that, like, one time, one time he helps her out, you know what I mean, when, when something really bad happens, he, he helps her, but other than that, he's a, he's an ass. he's an ass to her, and her boyfriends, you know what I mean, like, that, it, it, that's it, and so you're just like, 
what what's going on here? You know what I mean? It's like it's it's just so weird, so weird, and I'm saying it's lazy. It's it's lazy writing, but obviously, people, this book again, it's not for me. This is not intended for me. You know, this is tended, intended for the uh, Sophie King, King Kizzler crowd. I think I said that right. Well, I don't think I said I, I messed up her name. I clearly did. But it is what it is. You know, I, I guess, look, if you're a fan of those books, if you're a fan of shit like The Princess Diaries, then this obviously is for you. This, this, I mean, this is aimed at you. But it, it, it definitely, <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is not um, <laughs> aimed at me, you know. I think um, probably one day, if you're a fan of that, if you know, um, if you're a fan of us, any of those David Nichols, um books, I th- I think you would yeah you'd be a fan of this but uh unfortunately i am not a fan of those books so yeah i think this is the last time i i grab anything of this nature because it's not an um a, uh an amused bush you know it's not a a a palate cleanser. It is more an it an irritation. That's what it is. It irritates the fuck out of me. But um, yeah, it could. It could be the best thing in the world for you. Yeah. So listen. If you are a fan of that stuff, if you're a fan of like Jojo Boys, yeah, if you're a fan of Marianne Keys, I think this is probably for you. This is intended for you. Just wasn't intended for me. Okay, people, so before we end, got a little bit of news that has winged its way to my inbox that. You know what I mean? I have to pass on to people. So, following 2018's record-breaking global cinema release of The King and I from the London Palladium, this unmissable, majestic production returns to cinemas around the UK for one night only on the 4th of April. Receiving both critical and audience acclaim, the film achieved the highest box office globally for a stage-to-screen event release in 2018. The multiple Tony Award-winning Lincoln Center Theatre production of Rodgers and Hammerstein's classic musical is directed by Tony Award winner Bartlett Scherer which first opened on Broadway in 2015 for a critically acclaimed 16-month run at the Lincoln Center Theatre. This was followed by an unprecedented, record-breaking, sold-out US tour. 
The show then transferred to the London Palladium in June 2018, with the three original Broadway lead actors reprising their starring roles. Tony Award winner, Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role in a Musical for the King and I, Kelly O'Hara, Tony and Oscar nominee Ken Watatambi, Watatamba, and Tony Award winner, Best Performance by an Actress in a Featured Role in a Musical for the King and I, Ruthie Ann Miles. The production is also about to embark on an international tour opening in Manchester in April 2019 before playing key UK cities and then a major presentation at Tokyo Theatre Orb in Tokyo in summer 2019. Kelly O'Hara and Ken Wanatabe will reprise their roles once again for the Tokyo presentation. Further international dates are to be announced. Okay, so I'll put details of how to book in the episode information. But yeah, could be interesting. And, um... Another bit of news for you. So, um, now in its 10th year, Canal in the City will return this parentide with London's annual mini festival of Cornish contemporary music and culture. Once again, the rich mix venue in the heart of Shoreditch plays host with an electric mix of Cornish pop, folk and rock music, comedy and poetry in celebration of St. Piran's Day, Cornwall's patron saint, um, which I didn't know. Headlining this year are acclaimed garage rockers, The Velvet Hands, born out of the enemy coined canal wave i don't even know what that means rock scene and renowned for blending slacker storytelling with belting guitar riffs reminiscent of the strokes or the vaccines and arousing punk choruses that recall the clash Firing on all youthful cylinders with effortlessly cool style. The Velvet Hands have art in their hearts as evidenced by last year's standout album Parts Over. Which gained them national airplay of Radio 1 and 6 Music. In support, they are delighted to welcome back Cornish royalty, the Canal King. Already a national treasure, back in the homeland, he brings his comedic take on everyday Cornish life to London once again. And well, he's the king of Canal, so you better be there. It's your duty. Musical support also comes in the form of Davy and Dyer, leading competence of traditional Celtic music 
who can kick up a storm armed only with a bazooki fiddle and a viola. Their repertoire of new and old Cornish music taken from their recent album Dynamite Key will have you moving your feet to their jigs, reels and polkas, not forgetting the exotic beauty of the Cornish five-step. Um, and also the YouTube generation probably need no introduction to Daisy Clark who burst onto the scene a few years ago with her unique cover version of Hopelessly Devoted to You. Uh, not a great song. Which led to her being voted Best Unsung Female at the Best of British Radio Awards in 2017 with much success on the festival and acoustic following on. They are delighted that Nuki's Daisy will open Canal in the City this year. Um, and finally, poetry has long been a feature of this event. And they assure you will love the exceptional talent that is Taron Spalding Jenkins. His work deals with his relationship with Cornwall and childhood there, drawing on its rich culture of legends and language, as well as more contemporary issues that befell the modern Cornish back home and abroad. Okay, so yeah, I will also put details of uh, this event in the episode information. Uh, so, um, yeah. Now, a little bit of TV news, I guess. Okay, people. So, yeah. You know, it's been a crazy week. I think next week there's going to be a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? There's, um, oh my gosh, what is it? We're going to see um, Marlon Jones. He's doing a thing at the South Bank. Um, gonna go see Tony Hinchcliffe, which is gonna be good. Like I, I had tickets to see him earlier in the week. I was ill, so couldn't make it, but I was able to get some other tickets, and I'm gonna go to see him before the tour ends, which I'm really looking forward to. And there's improv, so um, yeah, it's gonna be a full week of stuff next week, man. So um, all right little bit of news and then we're bouncing all right okay so um interesting news like you know we talked about bumblebee and how um things seem to be resetting in the transformers universe well um hasbro and rooster teeth have announced that Transformers War for Cybertron is going to be coming to Netflix next year. Uh, they're saying that, you know, there's going to be a whole new look to the animation. So, I, I mean, with all the kind of s cartoons that we've seen, there's definitely been different looks, different feels. So, um, you know... I don't know, it could be interesting, but yeah, there's there's been a lot of series in the past, 
um, which I think people probably have or have not seen, like Transformers Titans Return, Power of the Primes, um, you know what I mean, oh, there's, you know, um, Beast Wars, like so many different, but uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting, man. So, uh, yeah, kind of looking forward to that. Because I, I just remember watching the original series as a kid in the 80s. And god damn, that was fun. So, yeah, we'll see. And finally, um, yeah, so uh, I don't know if people remember, but there is a... Um, a Wu-Tang TV series coming to Hulu. Yep. It's going to be um, set in the height of the crack, academic, uh, crack em- epidemic of the 90s um, in New York. And follow a group of young black men who grew out of a life of crime into one of the most successful musical groups in American history. Obviously the Wu-Tang Clan. We're not talking Backstreet Boys here. Um, so, yeah, they've just announced the cast. Uh, and so, we've got um, Shamik Moore, uh, Ashton Saunders, Sadiq Saunderson, Zuli Griggs, Erica Alexander... And Marcus Calendar. So yeah, they're um they're gonna be the uh, the main cast. Um, so Saunders is playing Bobby Diggs, who is based on the RZA. Um, Moore plays Shah Radha. Saunderson um, is going to be playing Dennis D. Love Coles. Supposedly based on Ghostface Killer. Um, Colander uh, is playing Power Grant. Uh, and Griggs is playing Shuri. Hmm. Okay, well, this is interesting because you know what I, mean? I, I, I have to say I always thought it was going to be, um, you know, properly based on the woo, you know what I mean? But this isn't quite it, so it, it'll be interesting to see what this is actually gonna be like. But, uh, yeah, um, I don't know, there's not really any, um, any release dates or anything like that, so, yeah, I don't know, we'll, we'll see when it actually drops, but with all this information and everything like that, I'd suspect that it will either be later this year or early to next year, but, um, yeah. That is it for another week. Uh, So, 
yeah, people, um, enjoy your adventures and I will catch you same time next week for another episode of Echoes from the Void. Peace.